Hi guys, welcome back uh, to the third episode of The Lab. With me again is Brandon Weirig and Alex Trotter. Uh, I know after we finished up the second episode, we were going to kind of set ourselves up for today. I'm kind of curious to see how today even goes. Um, but we're going to talk about sports-specific training versus just general overall strength and conditioning. Um, kind of curious to see what these two have to say on that topic. So uh, I'll turn it over to them and just kind of let them uh, rant a little bit, per se. Take it away, fellas. Your, your, your approach can be a little bit more scientific. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> to the whole sport specific, I, I don't deal with that. I don't deal with it. Um, you can look at a, a baseball player, for instance, and are we... They swing a bat. There's, I just look at it as we're training in the transverse plane, mm-hmm. anti-rotation, things like that. Uh, I guess the only the sport specific I would do is because I'm, I'm a speed coach, so I break down running mechanics and things like that. So the only sport specific stuff I do is, is track. Like I'll kind of get more into uh, block starts and things like that. But okay. I mean, how is but, it sport specific? As I as I throw a, a baseball in there when I'm doing a speed drill or. If a guy carries a football and he's doing a cut, I mean, there's so many, from a from a speed aspect, because that's where I get a lot of my questions, do can my son's a linebacker and he needs to work on his hips? Well, it's, you look at football, you look at softball, you look at basketball, lacrosse, you look at all these sports, and the movement is very similar, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're playing defense on a basketball court, you're reading a play as a linebacker, you know, you're gonna, you might have a backpedal, then you're going to have a hip rotation into a sprint. I mean, that kind of movement, or you're going to have a, a counter step and going to break to the right and read whatever the stimulus is. That That is across the board for majority of field and court sports. Um, so that's why I do my group training the way it is. I have 10 different athletes in one group, and the movement goes across 10 different sports. Yep. Yeah, male or female. Yeah. So would you say that you mainly focus on like the movement patterns as yeah. opposed to yeah. okay. movement pattern is you sit there and break down film from a like I said, a linebacker and someone playing defense on the in a basketball court. The movement is very similar. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you, Trotter? I I mean I'm I'm with Brandon on that. It's sport specific, like name a sport okay, golf I guess, or bowling, that you don't like sprint or have a short burst of like power needed to generate, you know, that, that's what we hear a lot as far as the parents go, you know, they all want to get faster and they want to be able to jump higher. But then when you ask them like, okay, like how much time have they spent like in a weight room? Like, Oh, well they don't want to like stunt their growth. Like your child is 16 (laughs) years old and can't squat a wet paper towel. So it's like, okay, well there's part of your issue. He's just weak. You, I mean, if you have no power output, then it's really hard to generate power. Yeah. So that's my take on it. I I think sports specific training is stupid. I definitely think that there's a time and a place for it. Um, however, I mean, I think you'll see it more with the younger kids, where like you do have that weakness, and then you got that one kid who's playing baseball year round, and they they're they're very undertrained. They're they're not strong enough to handle the rigors and the volume that these coaches and basically parents are trying to have them play at. And so at the end of the day, that weakness is gonna show. So you I mean you could do as much sports specific training as you could with them, you know, mm-hmm. throwing mechanics, batting mechanics, wherever you want to go to. But at the end of the day, if they're weak, that's gonna show. 
and they're going to see the breakdown. Um, and we have a when it comes to more like it's more when you get to that that end season is when you kind of start making some changes in the weight room. Mm-hmm. You got a, a volleyball player, a baseball player, a quarterback that throws a, a lot of overhead athletes. Mm-hmm. Just making a simple change, maybe from a, a dumbbell shoulder press to a landmine shoulder press, keeping everything kind of in front, not putting so much pressure on an already overused uh, shoulder joint, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, just little things like that. Um, we use stability work. Yeah, I mean, you can sit there and look at a baseball player and kind of see his, his dominant side has dropped <laughs> compared to his, his non-dominant side. So we definitely take take what their sport is and take it into consideration for their programming. Mm-hmm. But to sit there and say that that makes it sport-specific, I mean, because uh, a volleyball player and a baseball player are going to kind of have the same mm-hmm. type of uh, – what we talked about last week. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're going to have the same type of problems. And Imbalances, same, yeah. 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 Things like that. So, I mean, it's not specifically for that one sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make, like, that hard yeah, it's, divide. So, it's, like, even going back to one, because most of this, I think, for is for speed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a, we were doing shuffle sprint transitions to where they were shuffling, and then the, whenever they need to go into the break is when I toss the ball mm-hmm. to kind of give them a stimulus to read. And people kind of correlated that with, softball, baseball, things like that. Well, my soccer kid's like, oh, well, I'm not. These are the catch, because like a lot of soccer yeah. players have no hand-eye coordination with their hands, so like they go to catch the ball, and they just kind of whiff on it. And it's like, well, I'm not a baseball player. It's okay, well, you're still shuffling, playing defense to somebody, and the ball gets kicked that way. I don't care about if you catch the ball or not. I'm looking at your transition from your shuffle to your yeah. sprint. It doesn't matter if you're playing on a baseball field, football field, soccer field, mm-hmm. basketball yeah. court. It all transitions the same. More athleticism. Yes. Being stronger, being faster, mm-hmm. translates into your game. Now, what do you guys think? I know there's been, like, from what I've seen over the last two or three months, then a little bit more on social media, looking into the Instagram, the YouTube. Um, I've been seeing a lot more of almost position coaching. Not necessarily strength and conditioning, but, like, um, there's a few different quarterback coaches now on Instagram that are starting. I've, I've just been watching them periodically. Um, posting. They'll bring these kids in. All they work on is literally just throwing mechanics ad nauseum, just rep after rep after rep working on those mechanics do you think that that would be something you would almost separate from strength and conditioning almost as more like a fine-tuning like technical aspect or do you think that has its room in the weight room too oh i think it's separate things i have pretty much all of our athletes go to some type of sport specific style um Mm -hmm. coach Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying like if one of my athletes asked me um when i do a, a jump shot or whatever it's like that's or a certain read or whatever in a, in a football game or a throw mechanic it's like that's not my realm yeah. I'm not where I'm educated I can help you get stronger you're faster you power output to help that translation into your mm-hmm. sport that you're using but I'm all for like I have 10 different sport specific coaches <laughs> that focus on that in my phone that I'm usually regularly texting back and forth yeah. okay so it's like alright cool. I'm gonna get you more explosive you wanna dunk I can I can help you with that but Want to help increase your jump shot yeah. percentages? That's not what I'm here mm-hmm. for. I got three contacts I can give you two right now, and then vice versa. I got a guy that uh, trains basketball players down in Dayton. He's like, okay, this guy doesn't have very good movement side to side, kind of weak in his hips. Then he'll send him to me, and I'll get him stronger and more send explosive in that uh, that aspect. But I think they're two totally different, separate um, I agree. entities. I agree. And I, I just feel like they're trying to find a uh, 
a niche inside of a niche. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. You know, because, like, I think a lot of these coaches, they they overlook the fact that, um, you know, if you're, if you're breaking down the mechanics of a uh, 12-year-old quarterback, okay, so now, now what happens when he goes through the multiple puberty changes that he's going to have? Like, you're just going to have to re-break it down, um, you know, and change him as he, as he goes, which is fine. He's going to have a jump start ahead of, ahead of time, but I just, I just feel like it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me as far as that goes. And then, I mean, on the drive, like over here, I was thinking about things and, uh, I think one of the biggest ones is that we noticed is like these kids are playing the same sport nine times out of 10 all year round, year round. you know, and, and parents are like, and I'm cool. Like I'm, I'm not a parent, so I'm not like, you know, judging parents, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I understand that they're like wanting to continue to like push their kid in that said sport that they enjoy and stuff like that. But it, if you're not taking in consideration, like, you know, cause all these parents for baseball, for example, they play however many games a year, 182, is that right? Okay. So then, but are you monitoring the rest of the time that these like professional athletes and like what they're doing? Like, are you monitoring their food? Are you monitoring their sleep? Are you monitoring their recovery time? Because if you're not factoring that into your own child, then what's the point of playing them more than a professional does? That's, that's my thing. Like, I, I think the, the greatest professionals of all time, I think it was like, I mean, whatever, LeBron, he paid, he spends like a million or two million on just recovery, like per year, you know, and, and that's him to play 81 professional games. Mm-hmm. But like, I have a basketball player that played 117 last year and he's middle school. Jeez. So like, what's, where's the, where's the balance? Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? I don't know. I think that is kind of like a lost art where like everyone's trying to get, you know, a one up on everybody, but no one learns the opposite side of the recovery, mm-hmm. which, I mean, you can get that on your side. You can actually like learn to perfect that. Well, you got all these kids that are finishing up their fall and summer league AAU, and then basketball season starting right now. And yep. Knees are hurting, hips are hurting, ankles are hurting. It's like, well, you just played, you know. Feet. Yeah. Sixty yeah. some AAU games between summer and fall, and your actual season. Yeah. Hasn't even started yet, and you're. Yeah. As a as a strength and conditioning coach, are <laughs> we we can't. We can only hold you together for so long. Yeah. You know, we can only do so many. Because as a strength and conditioning coach, like, what we do is we stress the body so it adapts and becomes stronger. Mm-hmm. So if it's already hurting, you know, we can't yeah. keep adding stress to a body, then you're not letting it recover. You're just beating a horse. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, not a good combo. So yeah, they're just going to end up seeing a lot more of you. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's hard because, like, yeah. you, you. Nowadays, you almost get recruited based off what you do out of season and what you do during your actual season. Yeah. So I mean, we were talking to a couple of our soccer girls. It's like yeah, maybe think about maybe just either not playing, take this one off, yeah, or <laughs> try to go do track, do something yeah. different, kind of like a little yeah. cross running style, yeah. keep your side track, kind of have different goals and things like that. And it's like, well, well we're going to fall behind on the the recruitment. And yeah. It's like, and I I think that's part of like us learning as well. Yeah. Like and adjusting with it, but it just it does make it hard because there's so many other factors and adjustments that like me and you consider mm-hmm. but like, yeah I think it's definitely hard especially to get like even parents on board I know I've had a few patients over the last two or three weeks that they think that because now they're not in their sport one of like for example soccer player rolled ankle out 
not allowed to play in uh, regionals, and he has just dropped his food intake down because he thinks he's not as active. He's not doing as much. So now it's like, well, I'm not eating as much. He came and he was fatigued. Like, I couldn't do anything with him. He was absolutely exhausted. I'm like, what have you been eating? And he literally listed off three things, and it was 3 p.m. And I'm like, I would be the angriest human alive. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to have that talk of like, you're healing. Your body needs that. So it's like there's de- like there's a disconnect there. So like going back to what you said before, even if you're still recovering, food, water, sleep, are you doing all those basic things? Because even when you're done with me and you go back to training, you're going to need that again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think kind of going back to like the sports specific and like the general strength conditioning, I think one of the things that I've seen the most of is more like, the mental aspect of getting back into your sport after an injury and one of the things that I've always kind of used some of the sports specific like either exercises or drills for them is that I'll use that not so much to just like prepare them for their sport but just to get them mentally confident and kind of restoring that confidence through play is one of the biggest things I've seen is they might have the best range of motion and the best strength possible in that limb but at the end of the day if they don't trust it after that injury and they go back to trying playing and they don't trust it at all they're not going to be playing to their like, as efficiently as they could. Mm-hmm. And so that's why sometimes, and I don't like doing it all the time, but like sometimes I will start mixing in some sports-specific exercises or drills just to kind of put, you know, get their feet wet, get them moving in that right direction. And you can kind of see that smile. You see that confidence come back. The next you know, yeah, they hit it a lot crisper, maybe a little faster. Maybe even they don't feel so timid with the weight floating, things like that. Um, but then after that, I get away from that. And then after that, we get them back to you guys. And you guys get to have a lot more fun with them. Uh, We've had a few people who, you know, we kind of worked them back in, back and forth with that. And it worked well. I mean, I feel we've had a lot of success with that. Um, The one thing I say with the sports specific is that, I mean, I don't have a basketball court. I don't have, like, Mm -hmm. you know, a turf. We got that little turf thing out there. But at the end of the day, like, I can't 100%. I mean, you're not going to simulate gameplay. There's absolutely no way you can 100% simulate gameplay. So to say that you're going to do sports specific, I mean, are you going to put them in the same mental state? Are you going to put, like, how are you going to put them? Same adrenaline rush. Exactly. How are you going to go about putting them into that state and physical, like, I guess, environment that they're going to be able to perform like that on field? You can't replicate it. There's no way. No one's been able to. And if you can, c- please contact me because I'd love to hear your words on it. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it has its time and its place. Um, have you got, I guess if you were to use any kind of sports specific activities, what would you guys say would be like even just like the little things you guys would use? I think it just is too sit there and say it's sports specific, I think it's too broad in okay. return, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, I mean I can sit there and throw a uh med ball twist into a wall. Okay, is he uh yeah. is it for a baseball player or is it a, a tennis ball? Yeah. Or a tennis racket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think or it's golf. just, it's a golf. Depending golf. on the angle it's you throw it at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can sit there and say it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what yeah. most of it is. It's money grabber. Yeah. Why do one thing here and one thing over there when I can just say I can do it both? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to have a kid push a sled and dribble a basketball and say, hey, this is going to help you become a better basketball player. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there, I can sit there and scroll through Instagram on all these reels or TikTok or whatever it may be and come up with, uh, I see a, a quarterback drill, and I, I, in my head, it's like, okay, that makes sense, and then I go to a, a quarterback throwing coach, and he said, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's not my realm. I've yeah. spent five years trying to build a, a platform, or not platform, but like a, a reputation of myself, 
mm-hmm. but I'm not going to piss away to try to make an extra 15, 20 bucks saying I can make this uh, yeah. baseball specific program. Yep. program. Not, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. worth it for me. It was funny. I was looking at Instagram earlier this morning and there's a specific gentleman I won't name, um, but he actually markets his stuff as sports specific. But when you go into all the videos, the only thing I ever see him doing is reverse lunges, hip thrusts. He's got him doing some different, like, you know, the IYTs, the stuff with the bands. And then he's got him working on, um, oh, Lord, help me. Um, and then he'll have him do a few different tosses into a net. And he shows, the first one, it doesn't even look like the kid's trying. The second time, it looks like the kid's going absolutely all out. And so I'm like, okay, I get it. It's a marketing tool. He's kind of show what he can do. But, like, those seem like all components of a natural strength and conditioning yeah, it's like I couldn't like, I could program I wouldn't necessarily label that as sports specific yeah. I could be a baseball program a volleyball program uh, I mean it's yeah, across we, the you, we just changed the wording of what the programs meant for uh-huh. at the top you know <laughs> like <laughs> it's just yeah it's a plug and chug yeah it's, it's just I don't know I think that's what again like going back to one of our older episodes is like what separates us is that like we're not afraid to tell the parent that well, being sports specific at this age, at the level that you're at, makes no sense. Thanks. You'll get you'll get more of it if you just do it this way. Yeah. I think I don't know. I, I know like I can't speak on him, but AJ is a prime example in my eyes. I mean, he does he really doesn't do very many sports specific movements. He does his speed stuff when he's gearing up for the season and stuff. But all I ever see him do is just bust his ass in the weight room and plow food. Like he's never had a, a food or a meal in his entire life. He just eats. And it's just like, but, you know, like in today's world too, like, you know, it's a, it's a popular thing for like guys to be a skinnier model and fit into these tight ass clothes. And girls, you have to be like next to nothing in order to, you know, be popular and be like attractive or whatever. So it's like you, they're they're having this fear of like, eating even if it's for like nutritional value to add to your game and it just sucks like it's hard to watch yeah it's we had one girl in here that she was kind of petite and then Mm -hmm. she uh she's put on like 10 pounds in like four or five months and she's like kind of fat now (laughs) in a way yeah but it's like it's hard to like not say their name but uh, it's like you got definition in your back you you have abs mm-hmm. don't give a shit what the scale says like you're moving better than you've ever moved you're stronger than you've ever felt you're or ever been and probably getting more attention from boys than you ever have like <laughs> and now all of a sudden you look over there and she's kind of got a, a little bicep flex in the mirror like she's, <laughs> she's the only one because we have we rearranged our weight room to where the the dumbbells are across the gym from our mirror and she'll literally carry two sets of dumbbells all the way across the gym so she can do her Shoulder press or bicep curls in the mirror, that's and it's like that's yeah. confidence you. God, that I just not even stepping on a court, you've already gained so much more confidence. Yeah, and that's one of my like favorite things, like as a coach, is watching that. Yeah. It's catching the kids just do like little subtle shit in the mirror, where they're just like, <laughs> oh, I'm feeling myself. Yeah. But then you you transfer that to the court, their confidence is through the roof. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what shot they're putting up; they think it's going in. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's so it's just incredible to watch. At the end of the day, just be a bully. Like in, yeah. in, in a sense, I mean, you're stronger, you're faster, you're more explosive. 
take that from what we do in here and put that into your sport and mm -hmm. it's about as sport specific as you can get. Mm -hmm. Well, there's other things. We can, let's get your opinion on some stuff here, big guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's ask, go into, you hear all this stuff like how baseball players shouldn't bench press or they shouldn't overhead press with the barbell or they shouldn't, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. Let's so, hear that from a physical yeah. therapist standpoint. So I've had squatting stuncher growth. Oh gosh, we need to get that out of our heads right now. If I hear weight, like, like if I hear one more time that weightlifting stunts the growth of a child, I'm gonna lose it. Um, well, go ahead, Doc. For the love of God, I'm going to. Uh, no, so I, honestly, I think like we've already been talking about before: the stronger you are, the more stable you are, the better you move your body, the better you're gonna be prepared for the rigors of your sport. Um, I think to take away movements, you're just basically taking away their chance to be more resilient in those movement patterns. You don't just throw in one direction, right? You have multiple. So why wouldn't you want to train the overhead? Why wouldn't you want to train in front of you? I mean, you're going to have the rotations to add in there as well. But in terms of a baseball player, I'm not going to limit them loading-wise in one direction only. And I'm also not going to take away movements because I think it's going to harm them. If anything, you're going to look at what are the needs of the sport, right? You're going to look at how they move first, and then I'm going to load them appropriately. If they've never touched a barbell in their life, yeah, we'll start off a little bit lighter. But then after that, I'm going to gradually increase that. It could be bench press be with dumbbells. I don't have to be married to a barbell. I could bring in some dumbbells though. If I wanted to, I could be even meaner. I could bring in some bilateral or even unilateral work, depending on if there's any imbalances. One of the things I kind of like, you know, being a strength coach, but also being a PT is I like to nitpick a little bit more, but I mean, for the way my PT brain works compared to how it would with like a strength coach, I might go more in depth with some of that unilateral work. Not that you guys don't, but then after that, I love to see the progressions after to their bilateral. So like Taking, let's say, I, I see like on that lockout, I see that right elbow way ahead compared to the mm -hmm. left. I'll do a little bit more on the left arm, and then after that we go back test the ventrals again. They got that symmetry, perfect. Now I'll load that. Then after that we can have even more fun, and then we can kind of see how does that translate into like maybe their throws. Um, so yeah, having to take away bench press or an overhead, um, really it's just exposure. I like to make them resilient. I don't like to take away. Basically, as soon as I tell them, if you're bench pressing, you're going to harm yourself, they've got that in their mind. Now, if I ever bench press in my life, yeah. this is a terrible thing for me, and it's not going to be worth my time, let alone it's not going to help me with baseball. That's completely backwards. Yeah. I will have a, bench, a baseball player bench. I will have them go overhead. Those are completely mm -hmm. fine to me. In terms of the youth getting into weightlifting, I think not enough kids do it. I honestly don't. I think that there was a misconception back in the day that they were going to close their growth plates. They weren't going to grow anymore. And you had guys that had the capacity to be 6'2", 6'3", and they finished out at 5'8". Well, no, look at mom and dad. Mom and dad will be a good eye of what you're going to be. Or even look at, like, you know, grandma and grandpa. I mean, sometimes they're a good eye for what that kid's going to be. I don't think that, you know, loading them is a bad thing. I think, you, like any kid, you're going to be smart about it and load them appropriately. I'm not going to sit there and throw 45s on the back just to ego trip this kid because he thinks he's strong. I'm not going to do that. Um, so, yeah, weightlifting for children, have at it. Just be smart. You mm -hmm. know, if you're going to be a seasoned coach, you're going to do the things that you would with any athlete. Assess them, find out where they're at training age-wise, load them as they can, you know. Be smart about it. Um, some of the other things I think in terms of, like, strength with children is that um, – there's definitely a lack of learning how to just move your body weight around. I think people sometimes, I, I don't know, you guys have noticed, but like calisthenics sometimes can be a wonderful thing. Getting to learn how to do compound movements, the pull-up, the dip, if you can, even the push-up. If you can learn to do all of those appropriately and then you start getting into the weights, 
you can throw your body weight around like a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. You go into weights, oh my lord. Mm-hmm. You'll see some monsters. Like I have a few kids who, um, I mean, oh, Lord help me, running back never touched weights ever. Um, Herschel Walker. Thank you. God, mm-hmm. why was that escaping my brain? Yeah. A um, thousand push-ups or something like that a day, a thousand uh, sit-ups and pull-ups. Exactly. So never touch weights. So if you think about it, you know, weight training isn't necessarily like the only way of getting stronger. So if you have a kid that maybe is maybe a little hesitant on touching the weights, you could destroy somebody. And mm-hmm. I mean that in a good way, destroying them with body weight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a few parents who are like, well, I don't want them to get into weights too. I'm like, you know, if that's your concern, fine. I can't force you to do anything with your children. But, you know, maybe look into some different programs. Um, I know um, I have a mom down down in Dayton who their kid basically just goes to this boot camp every, I think it was Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. They go there in the afternoons, and they basically go around one of the parks. It's about a mile loop. It's got all the different machines. You can do all the body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a fantastic way to get your kids started because if they don't like it, they're mm-hmm. never going to want to do it again. So, I mean, you got to find what they like. Yep. You can even flip off that, actually. I mean, you got to – a lot of people say if you can't do 10 perfect push-ups, I'm not going to push on any more. You get a, a 10-year-old that might be a little heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, push-ups are hard, let's be real. I mean, yeah. there's yeah. not too many people that can do 10 perfect push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. But you can learn the motor mechanics underneath the bar, by the way, and weighs 40 pounds instead of trying to push your 130-pound you know, body at that age yeah. up off the floor. Yeah. So it can definitely be reversed. I don't think the whole you should be able to do perfect body weight movement before getting underneath the bar isn't always the correct answer because you can learn those movement patterns at a lighter load mm-hmm. and things like that too, so... Yeah, I think that's a good point. Because I, I know, like, I've been incorporating kids on, like, the upper body days, especially, you know, they'll do 50 goblet squats to, you know, they're uh, training their upper back without training their upper back by having to hold on to that weight while doing their legs, warming up, getting that pattern down. Because then when you put a bar under their back, I don't want it to feel so foreign to them that it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to bend my knees anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. And then, yeah, same thing with push-ups. Like, we'll use that bench block, mm-hmm. set it to, like, a three-board if if that child is incapable of going down, which is fine, and then just progress it. Take them to a two-board. Take them to the little foam pad that you would put on a bar. And then before you know it, they're they're repping out push-ups, and all of a sudden the kids that used to call them fat, oh, well, now you're just getting bullied by this kid. You know, <laughs> like, you know, it. I mean, it does, it, and with kids especially, like, once they see that that little bit of change and like their confidence starts to growing, like they're they're in. It like it doesn't matter. You know, it, you can tell them to go run through a wall and make them stronger. They try it. You know, obviously you don't want to do that. I did it once. No, I do it. Yeah, yeah I, I think that correlates better. You yeah. got all these kids there. You get a kid to learn how to move his body well, have great mechanics. That is going to translate way better down the road than it is having your eight year old mm-hmm. in a all star. Mm-hmm. $2,000 game <laughs> yeah, or league, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Let's say, okay, they're going to be baseball players. They're going to start at T-ball at you know six years old and play every opportunity they have the chance to and yeah. not develop their body. And now they got all these imbalances and things like that that are maybe too far gone at age 10. <laughs> I was say, yeah. That's the nice thing about having multi-sports is you learn different movement patterns. That specialization sometimes is just not great. In terms of, uh, I guess, 
there anything else you guys wanted to hit on in terms of like sports specific training? The only time I get into sports, this pisses me off. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I could get one. This is where where sports specific is actually important. And it comes down to knowing the sport. And it's the bioenergetics. Why the fuck are you having your basketball player or volleyball player doing a mile run test? Oh. Oh. Like, uh, it's... Or a, is so stupid. Or a volleyball player doing your 300 shuttle. Why are we testing aerobic capacity for an anaerobic sport? Oh, because I, I want him to be in shape. I don't want him to get tired. I think that's just pure, just coach laziness. Oh, I, I have 30 minutes just to blow with these children. And, well, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing because I sucked at basketball too. So, just go ahead and run. It's, it's, we've got a, so- a college softball player, catcher to be a... Yeah. And I'm spending more time <laughs> trying to get her to pass her fucking mile test yeah, so she can play anything else than to make her more explosive yep. to pop up out of her catcher stance and gun someone down at second base. Yep. Sweet Lord. And it's... God. It's, it's, it's hard awful. not to just, just tell the kids, like, what are you doing? just walk out at some point. Like, oh, here we go. He's a, here's a great example. One one of the college baseball players that I have, he sends me this program, and pardon my language, all he says is, what the fuck is this? They had three sets of ten on hand cleans, three sets of ten on squat, but in between the sets of squat, they have to go run for two minutes. So you just got to go two laps around a track, if you're hauling ass, come back and do your set. And then go again. That is so stupid. You're playing baseball. You stand in a field for nine innings. That doesn't make any sense. With at a six-second sprint at most during a game, like that's the most live action you're going to see. It just it blows my mind. It just it absolutely blows my mind. Yeah. You can manipulate mm-hmm. metabolic so many different ways besides running without pounding body, and then it's like okay, I'm. I'm two weeks into basketball season and I'm, I got shin splints, or I'm two weeks into track because I'm a 100 meter dash runner and I've been running a mile while trying to build a base to, to run a, a hundred or a four. It's it's a or you're a 400 runner. You don't even need to run a a 800 to be good at a 400. Oh, and then you got these cross country runners that are running six miles to yeah. get for their 3.2 miles. Yeah. Then they wonder why, why my times aren't dropping. It's like, okay, you're running six miles and your pace is set at this slow yeah. six mile pace, and all that's of a sudden you all your to body knows. Then once you get out of that lactate threshold and your body starts fatiguing yep. and you're cramping and you're a mile in trying to figure out why you can't keep up with these people because yep. you don't have no speed. Yeah, yeah. If well, you want to run a if you want to run a four minute mile, you got to be able to run a minute four hundred, and not too many people that can do that. Mm-hmm. Simple math right there, but yeah. either way, it's hard for some minute, people. It is. It's hard. It just, I don't know. That's one thing that does piss me off whenever it comes down to sports specific stuff, though. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's you're you're just beating the shit out of these kids for no reason, and you're thinking you're you're telling them that they're going to get better, and then you got these kids they that believe think you. they're getting better. So like on their day off, they're going to go run a mile or a two yeah. mile. Because they and, think that's what that's what they need. That's and what I works. wish I wish Haley was here for this. And they got pitchers running pole to poles to try to get the lactate yeah. out of their body from the day before, which. Lactate's been out the body for yeah. after four hours. You got done doing it. So when your coach says you're gonna wake up the next morning to get the lactate lactic acid out of your body, 
Just drink some damn water. <laughs> just drink a whole <laughs> bunch of water. <laughs> it's, and it's that's what I'm saying. There needs to be a minimum educational <laughs> thing for coaches. A minimal IQ. Just my oh, boy. <laughs> but that's Tell me how you really feel. It's up there. And it's caught me in trouble a couple times. <laughs> yeah. it's, I'm not gonna lie to these kids, man. I, you I just got our podcast canceled, and we I haven't even dropped an episode. <laughs> You can't sit there and say that it's, it's, it's getting better for him when you're trying to get more explosive. Like you just ran a mile and you're just like totally fighting yep. twitch fibers, and it's. Yep. You wonder why your legs are tired when you try to go dunk. Well, I think, let's think this through here for a sec, bud. Yeah. Or, or just like, or just flip it. Why, why aren't you having your cross country runners or your distance runners running a bunch of sprints then? If it if it works the other way around, why why not? Way to go, Lou. I'm not sorry. I love the rants, man. I want to hear it's, it. Brandon's shirtless. He had to take his shirt off. He's <laughs> sweating so hard. And then you can even sit there like with the cross country runner running sprints. It's like you already had your cross country runner run three, four, five, six miles, and then you know the whole weightlifting and running is starting to actually become a good thing. So now you got you're pushing your muscle endurance through running, and then all of a sudden, okay, we need to work on more muscle endurance. We're gonna do three sets of twenty in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Your body hits the ground at three times your body weight when you're running at a at a decent yeah. 5K race. You know, when you mm-hmm. run a, anywhere from an 18 to a 24-minute 5K, your body's going to hit the strike the ground at three times its body weight. You have to have some strong muscle and yeah. skeletal system to, to take that load. Over and over. And Resist the breakdown. You want to increase your for- power output or your force production when you're running. You, three sets of 20 on a, a squat's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. you got to put weight on the bar. Mm-hmm. You don't want to... Work muscle endurance in the weight room and muscle endurance running. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, to test a, a two, one, two, three, four rep max on a cross country runner. Mm-hmm. It's because they're built like skin and bones because they can <laughs> run a while. I mean, we've got some strong cross country runners on here. Yep. And that's mm-hmm. that's why the dude's running the state right now. He's kind of bought into that. Yep. He doesn't go run his 10, 15 miles on a weekend. He's working a little bit more speed, working mm-hmm. on getting a little bit stronger in the weight room. He has, though, too. Yeah, he's a sophomore runner yep. in the state. So oh, shoot. And, yep. and D2. And then mm-hmm. we got the same thing with our, our girl that just left for college. Yep. She mm-hmm. was just, okay, I got to get my runs in. got to get my runs in. Hey, let's just take a just break chill. from your run and let's get stronger. get stronger in the weight room. Yep. She's a machine. Like, you can yeah. you can see that even on the track. Like, her 800 <laughs> kick and her mile kick was just night and day. And that's and what you hit She a, waited until the last yeah. couple meets of the season, too. She was like, you know what? I just dropped 10 I'll seconds. listen to you guys. And then all of a sudden, and it's just like, God, you just want to strangle some of these kids. She had to, she had to drop a 15-, you know, a, a 20-second yep. PR to, to qualify. And she did. And she, and she did. did. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's incredible. Yep. It's, it's, it's got a lot to do with the confidence, too. Take mm-hmm. that confidence. I mean, okay, I hit a... Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not. And we're not taking all the credit on yeah, that. Like she had to go out and run that race. Like she, yeah, she earned that. You know, so kudos to her on that. Just, but God, it is so frustrating. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I mean, and then, like, I kind of think about it as well as far as like the, you know, the weight on the bar and everything like that. So why can't you just break it down from a a different aspect? You know, if we can have an athlete doing three sets of ten with a hundred pounds. Right, so you got three thousand pounds of total volume right there. Okay, but I can have them do a five by five with two twenty five, and now their volume is 
whatever that math is, triple or quadruple of what you just did, I guarantee this five by five athletes shit on your three by ten. Yep. It's just it. I guarantee it. So I don't know. Well, you can still manipulate it too. You gotta. Yeah. Like we have yeah. kids that come out of season or they're in season and they got shin splints and they can't. Mm-hmm. They can't run. Okay, let's. Cool. You can squat and we got a belt squat. Let's put you on a belt <laughs> squat, right? We got 60 yeah. seconds. As many yeah. reps you can get. Yep. Sweet. You're gonna, I mean, you're going to work the same. Yeah. We'll take that. care of your shins. Yeah. You can stand in this foam. You That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to get you where you need to be. I mean, you're going to, yep. you can't quite go backwards. You know, your shin splints aren't going to last forever. You're hopefully going to get back before the season's over. Yep. And then if you don't do any aerobic capacity that's just more than a bike, whatever, you still got to work the muscle endurance and yep. things like that. It's, you can manipulate that different ways. You can even do that for an actual tough running workout. Yeah. She switches to the weight room, mm-hmm. takes some unnecessary load off these kids yeah. on their feet and their shins and their ankles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the impact. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's uh, one of the kids that we have. She's a basketball and track player. And uh, for her size, she was kind of behind as far as like strength-wise goes. But her like all, all I did was raise her work capacity. So she she is dubbed the name like five minutes of hell, and all you do is you do your banded box squat at the same percentage that you normally would, and then as soon as you get done, you go and you do ten kettlebell swings. Well, there was one day where I was like, hey, I just want to try it like this, no break, just keep going. I mean, she's up to set. She averages seven to eight rounds of that in five minutes. Sweet lord. Yeah, and I I did that for two waves, so six weeks worth. She came back and she took her squat from like 145 to 230. You know, granted she's new and she's got a lot of those newbie gains in there and stuff, mm-hmm. but like there, there's no reason in six weeks she just put however much that was 90 pounds on her squat. You know, and it's carrying over, and that's like the ultimate goal too. True, just being an absolute menace on a basketball court. <laughs> Can't shoot, so you might as well get good at defense, you know? <laughs> well, it's the same thing like that. we got all these parents that come in and ask, oh, I need a vertical jump training program. Okay, well, if you just cover some cool. basic... squat rack. If you cover some basic <laughs> strength stuff and you throw in some power movements, oh, yep. hey, guess what makes up vertical jump? Yeah. Power output. I think I know who you're, who you're speaking on. And I watched her last night, and, like, I, I hadn't, like, personally seen her in a couple of weeks or whatever. Totally different woman. Oh, hey, her strength, her hips got stronger. That's crazy. crazy. It's, it's crazy. And, like, you can just watch her confidence. Like, she'll actually, like, talk back or, like, you know, kind of give you a little swag to it. It's just, it's cool to see. I think we should always have that aspect of too many people market. Oh, I'm going to drop your 40 time. Yeah. And this. By I'm, I'm going to increase your vertical in, in this mm-hmm. two inches in, in a four week. Whatever. I think your program should already guarantee that. Like mm-hmm. that should just be a set in your program to work on those basic needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 110%. I mean, I get it's a marketing tool where everybody needs to make money, but it's I'm uh, I'm not marketed a, a oh hey increase your. Yeah. I've, I've had results like hey dude this guy followed just a, a plan that we've run with a lot of our kids that want to have certain goals, and this was mm-hmm. the results. Mm-hmm. Not a okay from five thirty to six thirty is a vertical jump program. From six thirty to seven thirty is a speed. No, it's all tied into one thing. Yep. If you can raise your absolute strength, then you'll raise every level. That's all. That's it. But yeah. Saying your guys' results speak for themselves. Just because after, I mean, 
the summertime, watching the kids in the fall just go out and dominate. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got 10, 15 kids. I mean, not all the, the conferences have released it, but we've already got 10, 15 kids that are first team. Yeah. All conference. Yeah. And that's only out of two conferences that have released it so far yeah. on, on two sports, cross country and football. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that goes out, like, as far as the kids go, too. Because, you know, day in and day out, they have to come in and, and buy into our system and then transfer that over to the games. You know, you can be the greatest weight room lifter of all time, but you, if you can't remember a fucking play or learn how to read a guard that's pulling, you're going to suck. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just, I don't know, that just that credit needs to go to them as well. 100%, yeah. Yeah. And then off season, you know, everybody wants to to put on weight. Yeah, forty pounds. Anyway, What'd you eat today? Oh, uh, granola bar. Dude, it's, it's it's gonna be tough. It's actually, I mean, from my, if they if the kids hope willing to hope eat, you don't shit for a couple months. <laughs> if the kids willing to eat, putting on twenty pounds on a body frame is pretty easy. Yeah, oh, I know. It's the it's the uh, how do you put on 20, 10, 20 pounds of muscle and still drop the keep it. Yeah, still drop a sixty time for a baseball player. Yeah, keep it solid, keep it bad. Still, yeah, increase your vertical and still have to make that functional weight and say okay, because we have a kid that comes in, kind of goes uh, still does his team stuff. We always uh, okay, listen, your team's number one. Yep. This is just kind of the extra stuff. You always got to boost your team, things like that. So mm-hmm. he's kind of going back and forth, and he's just he's kind of a scrawnier kid. I mean, he come in at like one fifty, one fifty five, and now he's like one seventy three is what he weighed in the other day. So he's put on a good 15, 18 pounds. Wow. And now he's all of a sudden he's the kid that people watch in the weight room. Before he was one of them kids that he was yeah. real sport specific. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he goes to lives in you know Troy and travels two hours or hour and a half to Columbus to train baseball two three times a week. So a big sports specific kid that finally just kind of bought into the weight room. Yeah. And now he's kind of that that dog in the weight room at his high school, and kids are kind of watching him lift, and he's just repping out an incredible amount of weight, and then he's kind of becoming that underclassman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the leader. model mm-hmm. so yeah and things like it's that gonna go straight like, to his head yep, yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely because it didn't need that but yeah but you, you put on and he's got you know a, a mm-hmm. teammate that goes other places and they put yep. on 15 pounds of him and you know they run they're running 40s every day and he just smokes him out of water yep. you know he's up 15 pounds is we got, got his 60 from a, a 6.9 all the way down to a 6.4 as yep. a junior which is just hauling ass yeah I, mean, I think Jeez. that's a billy that's hamilton a, yeah. ran a 6.4 yeah uh, uh, at a sixty, and uh, you know, just and you have elite level speed. Yeah, and it's as wow. a as a kid. <laughs> so it's definitely you, you know you get certain athletes can have certain mm-hmm. weight goals and things like that, but mm-hmm. a little bit less worry about what the scale says and just how's your body feel, how things like that. Yeah, your sport. So my my favorite is when he comes in and we he already knows that we're gonna rag <laughs> on his shirt. But it's like he's outgrown them all yeah, faster like, than yeah. you know mom and dad can buy them. Or, you know. pounds, boy, you go <laughs> so. have your girlfriend take you to the store <laughs> and get your extra size. Sweet but. lord. Yep. Mm. Not bad today, guys. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I definitely think uh, for next week's topic, uh, I might even combine two of these. Um, I think what we're going to look into next time is going to be uh, some different program methods, or pro- what I guess what type of programming you guys are most keen to, what you guys kind of maybe maybe liked when you first started working as strength conditioning coaches, um, but then maybe what now you you would never go back to, like some different things that you guys kind of like, what you dislike uh, with different training programs, maybe for yourselves and maybe for the athletes. Uh, but another thing I wanted maybe. Uh, 
combine into that is, would just be some different misconceptions in training and uh, how maybe those can lead to losses of progression as opposed to, you know, setting you up for success. Um, but, yeah, not bad today. Uh, so what we'll kind of finish off here with, guys, is I uh, just want to say thanks for listening. And, you know, if you guys, again, if you have any topics you guys want us to kind of cover, please, again, leave us a comment below or message us on Instagram um, or shoot us a text. Uh, like the video, please subscribe to the page and add us to your notifications. Thanks guys. Take care.